This is the Aussie Animal Show on AAA Radio. My name's Rob Armstrong. Welcome to the wildlife. Another global protest against Nike for using kangaroo leather in their football boots. Have a chat with Alyssa from the Victorian Kangaroo Alliance. Alyssa, Nike protest day is coming up, 9th of July, 11am to 1pm at Nike Central here in Melbourne. Can you tell us all about it? Or have I just done that? So yeah, it's going to be held at the Nike Melbourne Central store, uh, which is directly opposite the State Library of Victoria. So really easy to get to via public transport. Uh, We're all going to gather there with our signs and we've got some great speakers lined up. And we're really looking forward to getting everyone together and educating the public about what Nike is doing and how they are one of the main contributors fueling the mass slaughter of kangaroos to turn their skin into high-end soccer boots. After the last protest day, I searched online to see if there was any official response from Nike in the U.S., And they're pretty tight-lipped. Yeah, look, Nike have been feeling the pressure for a couple of years now. And we've been directly targeting Nike for a couple of reasons. So they are one of the main contributors to the trade. They're not the only one, obviously. There's other big sporting brands like Adidas and Puma and New Balance that also contribute. But the main reason that we're targeting Nike is because they're a cultural leader. So they're the biggest name in sportswear. They are a financial leader in terms of being one of the the very biggest contributors to the purchasing of kangaroo skins. Um, But also they're a technological leader, so they have already got a synthetic alternative to kangaroo skin. So they should realistically be able to divest of the use of kangaroo skin very, very quickly and easily. But they have been incredibly resistant. They obviously don't want to change, which is strange because it's in their policy saying that they won't use exotic skins and you just can't get too much more exotic than kangaroos. you know, a, a unique marsupial hopping around you know, on one island at the end of the earth. But we just need to keep the pressure up on them because essentially uh, it's getting really big and it's really bad look for them. Like, you know, who wants to be associated with the hashtag Nike kangaroo massacre? <laughs> so we just really hope that they will listen and come to the table and make some progressive choices because the time is now. There's never been a better time to get out of the wildlife trade than right now. Also, with the last year's uh, figures on quotas achieved on killing kangaroos, there's, on a practical side, with the number of kangaroos now being shot, about 15% of the quota, there's going to be a supply problem on leather. So in the end, it could be a simple business decision for Nike. Yeah, look, it should be. It All I can do is agree that it, it's not a sustainable industry and sooner or later it's um it's just the bottom's going to completely fall out of it and we've seen that you know in terms of shuffling kangaroos between states like in New South Wales they're having to get wallaby meat in from Tasmania and um that's happened in a few different places and it's it's just clear that they're running out of kangaroos and desperately trying to get more which is also why they opened the commercial trade in Victoria in the first place And they're rapidly stripping kangaroos out of Victoria, really rapidly. And I don't see how it can go on much longer. 
Yeah, we thought that six months ago, but they've managed to keep shooting. It's very rare to see a kangaroo in the Mallee these days. Yeah, it's a really dire situation. And, I mean, just the amount of soliciting online. Like we just had a couple more in my local area tonight actually posting, asking for kangaroos to shoot and saying if anyone can help, they'd really appreciate it. And, you know, that's where we've where we've come to is that they're that desperate to try and find kangaroos that they have to go and post in community groups begging for a mob to shoot. It is getting very difficult for the industry to sustain itself because there was never the kangaroo numbers there to begin with. Everybody with half a brain knew that, but apparently uh, the government wanted to push ahead with this pet food trial. It's decimated. Mm. The commercial industry has decimated kangaroo numbers in the state and it's doing the same here in Victoria. I would suggest that if mm. Nike wants to get out of this uh, whole business with any type of reputation, they should drop the use of kangaroo leather right now before they're forced to through lack of supply. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's just a smart business decision, really, at this point in time. You know, we're in the middle of a, uh, you know, a worldwide pandemic caused by a zoonotic disease transferring from wild animals to humans. And, um, you know, all these top virologists and epidemiologists are saying we need to stop the wildlife trade. We'll look no further than Australia for the world's worst land-based wildlife trade. And um, it's just it's time for big corporations to be responsible and, and move away. And um, we've just got to really keep the pressure on them to show them that, that you know, the world is watching. Literally the world, you know, we're having these global protests and, and we need to end this. I noticed uh, this year America's running in June, whereas uh, Australia is running the protest day in July. That was not intentional. Originally, we were planning to run ours in June as well. And then with the election, we just felt that we needed more time to plan. And the United States were already ready to go. And that's fine. Like, you know, they did a great job with these protests again. And it was so heartening and amazing to see. But for the next one um, coming up, we will all be doing it on the same day. And um, hopefully have some of our friends in Europe joining us as well. Yes, I was going to ask. I noticed there's a protest planned for Melbourne, Sydney. Mm -hmm. Any other locations in Australia? My understanding is that there's also Brisbane, Canberra, South Australia and Perth. Adelaide and Perth. Yeah, that's my understanding. We have um we have a meeting yeah later this week, so I'll sort of hopefully get a bit more on top of of everywhere then. But I know that we we're looking at having some European cities joining us as well. If not for this one, then for the next one. Uh, Europe is full of amazing people who totally love Australian animals. That's eleven a.m. to one p.m. 9th of July outside of Nike Central. Nike uh, Melbourne Central. For people um, who can't make any of the Nike protests, we do have an online protest as well that's going to be happening in tandem. So on the Melbourne Nike protest event, if you scroll right to the bottom, there's a link to the AJP page talking about how you can do that. But essentially, it's just about following Nike posts and simply putting hashtag Nike kangaroo massacre on all their posts. So just to really get that hashtag trending whilst our protests are taking place. So, you know, we know a lot of people can't make it to protests on the day for whatever reason, um, but this is a way that you can support us and, and put some pressure on Nike.
Inglewood, of course, there was an application for a meat processing plant, a Victorian kangaroo reliance, and a group of people were involved in uh, voicing their opposition to the expansion of the pet food industry. There was a, mm-hmm. uh, a review done by the council, and the recommendation was to decline the permit. Has yeah. anything else happened since that council meeting? No, not yet. Apart from um, just some articles in the local paper there, you know, licking their wounds. Um, But no, there's been no formal um, attempt to take that to BCAT from the developer. They still could. They have 60 days, which I believe gives them about another month. So they may. But at the moment, it's been really quiet and we're really hopeful that they'll just drop it. Yeah, but it's still a watch this space. Yeah, I just like to keep my finger on the pulse because, as it was pointed mm-hmm. out, it was a zoning issue. The council were really on side trying to push the expansion of yeah. uh, this horrific industry. Well, okay, people say they were looking after their own and bringing jobs into the area, but mm, really? <laughs> no, it, honestly, it's minimal employment for an unsustainable industry. I think the council can do a whole lot better than that. You know, they just need to sort of step out of this colonial mindset of that sheep and cattle can be everywhere, but kangaroos can't. Apparently, you know, seeing a handful of kangaroos is too many kangaroos, despite them having been here for millions of years. So, yeah, it's just, you know, they need to look at some more progressive options to bring work into the area and more sustainable and more lucrative options. So, you know, that is ultimately going to be better for their constituents. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it is such a beautiful region. I'm sure mm. that uh, uh, there are many people who uh, will enjoy holidaying in a biodiverse area of Victoria that isn't exploiting the wildlife. Yeah, and where you've actually got a chance of seeing some kangaroos as well, you know, most um, like heaps, so many visitors come here just to see kangaroos and they're just getting harder and harder to find. That's vickangas.org. I was on the, the website following the events page to make sure I got the date right for the uh, Nike <laughs> protest, and the website is looking good. We'll link that on our page as usual. Thanks so much, Rob. Hashtag Nike. <laughs> Love it. Look, for more information, go to vickangas.org. Vickangas.org. For more information on the Nike protest rally and all things kangaroo in Victoria. Thank you very much, Alyssa. In a recent episode, we spoke to Carolyn Drew about the situation in Canberra with the annual cull of kangaroos. Carolyn mentioned the work done by two people, Jane Robinson and John Grace. John and Jane have spent time actually boots on the ground counting the kangaroos inside the parks in the ACT. We welcome Jane and John to the program. John and Jane, can you give us a brief history into the annual killing of kangaroos in the ACT? Just to to begin with, we should explain for people who are fully familiar with the geography that uh, Canberra is Australia's national capital and it sits within a territory called the Australian Capital Territory 
which is about 2,300 kilometres, square kilometres in area. A lot of the Australian Capital Territory is green space. And uh, as far as the historical record tells us, the, the area now covered by the Australian Capital Territory and Canberra had a lot of wildlife living here at the time of European settlement. Canberra was situated basically in the middle of some sheep paddocks, wasn't it? Yes. And it's, it's, its nickname is the Bush Capital, which in some senses is, is correct because it's, Canberra's really unusual as far as national capitals go, I guess, and especially capital cities in Australia, in that the, the surrounding bushland is full of wildlife. Um, so it's a, it's a remarkable gift that we have here in terms of kangaroos and wallabies and wombats and all sorts of beautiful native birds and animals that live all around us. So, so what's the problem? What's the perceived problem? Why are they killing kangaroos? Quite some years ago now, more than 13 years ago, uh, the ACT Environment Directorate uh, advised the ACT government, as far as we can tell, that they considered that eastern grey kangaroos, a keystone species to this region, are uh, overabundant in the Canberra Nature Park. So the Canberra Nature Park is made up of 39 reserves. The smallest of these is 30 hectares in size. The largest is 2,000 hectares. And most of them are between one and 200 hectares, 100 and 200 hectares each. So they sort of thread throughout the city of Canberra. So if you live in any particular Canberra suburb, the chances are you'll be quite close to one of the nature reserves. The claim about overabundance, which you probably know, Rob, is not a scientific term. It's a value judgment. In other words, it's a claim that there are too many kangaroos for whatever reason. And the reason that the Environment Directorate put forward was that kangaroos, because of their population, were overgrazing in the nature reserves and threatening the survival of little creatures that are endangered or threatened, which they have been evolving alongside for millions of years. So these five threatened species, and I'll list them, the stripy legless lizard, the earless dragon, the golden sun moth, the parunga grasshopper and the pink-tailed worm lizard, inhabiting the, many of the reserves in the nature park. They live in the native grasslands, which, as you know, kangaroos eat. That's their habitat. So this was sold to the Canberra public as a, a so-called so scientific reason to reduce the number of eastern grey kangaroos. There was never any baseline data there was never any logical argument put forward. It was a, a scientific claim, and, and they've written many, many reports and done studies and so on. I first became aware of this only in 2021. Now, the opposition to the annual killing of kangaroos has been happening since it started in 2009, and in fact, even before then. The opposition has never gone away. There's been 
a consistent group of Canberrans who have fought this every step of the way. And surprisingly, there are still many Canberrans who don't actually fully realise that this annual slaughter is going on, sometimes in their own neighbourhoods. And we ourselves were in that group. We were unaware of the scale of the kangaroo killing. And it was only in 2021 that I heard a one-off announcement on the local ABC that the annual cull of kangaroos was going to occur. And after the bushfires of 2020, when almost most of Namadji National Park, which is wholly inside the ACT, was burnt out, I thought, this is outrageous. You know, Australia has lost more than a billion animals in bushfires. And now we've got a local government talking about killing more. So I was outraged. And um, I wrote a letter to the minister and pleaded with her to change this decision. I received back a letter from her uh, referring me to the Kangaroo Plan of Management. And there are two. One was written in 2010 and one was written in 2017. So without even knowing that there's been a concerted protest against this killing of kangaroos uh, running for over a decade, I didn't know any of the group of people at all, I started to read this so-called science and I'm not a scientist, but I thought, this is ridiculous. This makes no sense. I read the threatened species action plans for each of those little five critters that I just mentioned, which were written by the ACT Environment Directorate, and not one of them mentioned kangaroos being a threat. Not one. Not one. So the key threats to these little critters, not surprisingly, are loss of habitat, urban and infrastructure development, agricultural use, the use of weedicides, pesticides, etc., the development of infrastructure around the city of Canberra, feral animals such as foxes and cats. Weeds, climate change, the things you would expect to be threats, real threats to grassland creatures. Thank you for sending through some information so I could at least learn what you guys have been going through. I It, it jumped out at me immediately. The action plan, the government action plan to protect the threatened golden sun moth actually recommended the management yeah. of herbage mass, the preferred management method, is grazing by native herbivores, in other words, exactly. kangaroos. Exactly. That's so, ludicrous. Of course. And it seemed like a complete disconnect, the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing in the same government department. And the, the nature reserves are a mess. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're so mismanaged. And because kangaroo numbers have been reduced so drastically in many parks, in those parks where kangaroos have been slaughtered en masse, the, the weeds are now out of control. So there's no ideal kind of habitat for these little endangered 
creatures because the whole thing has been mismanaged so badly. Yeah. So the other thing, Rob, was that the statistics about the kangaroo populations struck us as absurd. So they used a variety of counting methods, such as sweep counts, walked line transects, driven line transects, Pellet counts. Pellet counts and so on. So we've also spoken to a biostatistician who said that the use of all these different methods of counting is not going to give you any kind of reliability. So just looking at the statistics they came up with, again, struck us as completely absurd. Uh, we've been walking in the Canberra Nature Park and other bush locations around Canberra for many years. We're very keen bushwalkers and we had never come across kangaroos in the kind of numbers and population Density. densities mm. that were claimed by the directorate. Just close to us, there's a nature reserve called the Pinnacle. It's 154 hectares in size. And you can walk through it and around it fairly solidly in, say, three hours. The first year that a population count of the kangaroos in this park was recorded was in 2011. And the population estimate was 1,141 kangaroos. In what, how many hectares? 154 hectares. Were they stacked three high? <laughs> they must have all been holding hands lined up close together. It, it makes no sense. The, the same year they did a sweep count and they got a different result, this time 773. So somehow 500 kangaroos went missing. This is the kind of lack of accuracy we're looking at. What they do is, they, and they're still doing this today, is they send out a, uh, a couple of rangers to walk a line through an area where they know there are a few kangaroos. They do a sample count and then they extrapolate across the whole park. Now, you know, anyone who knows kangaroos as, as intimately as we do, or even less so, will know that kangaroos do not evenly populate an area. They have their favoured places. They have their camps where they live. Uh, they have their favoured grazing spots. They are not universally distributed across any space. So to, to extrapolate a small sample and multiply that sample by a mathematical factor and say that that's, that's the probable population is just absolute nonsense. John, look, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. So there was a number of methods used I had this feeling that they sat around in the office and said, think of a number between 1 and 20, add 3, multiply by 27 and take away your birthday. Well, you could be excused for thinking that, Rob, and you'd probably get similar results, I suspect. Just to drive this home to our listeners, I'm sorry to jump forward so far, but you guys put boots on the ground, walked about 4,000 kilometres through these reserves, there's 39 reserves. You can get access to 37 of them. There's about 11,000 hectares. Correct. In total, how many kangaroos did you count? 
we counted 4,074 over an eight-month period. The ACT Conservation Directorate says their goal is one kangaroo per hectare. Correct. We've got 11,000 hectares and we've got 4,000 kangaroos. Do, are they going to import 6,000 kangaroos from somewhere? Unfortunately not, and they've already killed, since this horrible program began, over 28,000 kangaroos. Needless. Joeys? Does that joeys include the joeys killed? No, it doesn't include the joeys killed. So there'd be an additional... 7,000 to 9,000 in-pouch joeys, and the number of at-foot joeys is impossible to ascertain. They just hop away into the bush. You know, it happens to them when, when their mother's killed. Yeah. They don't stand a chance. Uh, deprivation, no. starvation, predation, hypothermia, exactly. it's a horrid way to die, and that is just not responsible management by any description. No. So because of these ludicrous claims about the populations in each of the nature reserves, we came up with this idea because we're keen bushwalkers and keen observers of nature and wildlife in particular, we thought we can do this. We can walk in all 37 of the nature reserves over a period of time and we will count literally every kangaroo that we see and no more. There'll be no extrapolation. So we devised a system. We've got some advice from environmental scientists and ecologists about how to set up our own citizen science project. We aim to do at least two thorough walks in every single nature reserve. Where there were large reserves of over a thousand hectares, we went back many times. We were aiming to cover as much of the territory as possible. So we segmented, we, we had maps of, of each of the reserves. We divided that up into segments and we made sure that we covered as much of the ground as possible. That was pretty tough going, as you know, when you when you're looking for wildlife you, you you don't stick to paths fortunately kangaroos being the delightful creatures they are they they make their own pathways through the bush so we spent a lot of time following kangaroo trails we became <laughs> very expert at uh, tracking and, and locating them and extremely familiar with their behavior so we were able to do really a very thorough count on ground count as jane said only counting kangaroos we saw. We recorded their numbers and locations so that we have a history of where the kangaroos are in each of the reserves. We went back and double-checked our counts. That's, that was the main purpose in doing a minimum of two field trips per park. So we feel actually quite confident about our result. We never anticipated or... Uh, intended to do a census of every kangaroo in the Canberra Nature Park. What we wanted to do was to ascertain the population density. So how many kangaroos there were in relation to the land size that they live on. Now, 
The ACT Environment Directorate said this year that in the 18 reserves that they kill kangaroos in, they don't kill kangaroos in every single park, but in the 18 reserves where they do conduct culling of kangaroos, there were 16,823. So eight times the number that we have counted. No one, no one that we speak to who walks regularly in those reserves uh, can believe that is in any way possible. There is no way there are that many kangaroos in these reserves. As you said, Rob, what were they doing? Stacked three high? No, they're simply not there. So we want to, you know, there's a, I think it's an American expression called ground truthing. We wanted to get out there and apply a, a kind of rigorous form of common sense to see what was really happening. Are kangaroos, eastern grey kangaroos, overabundant in Canberra nature reserves and the absolutely convincing results that we came back with is that there, it is just simply not possible for them to be overabundant. Mm. Any person involved with uh, kangaroo biology will say that there is no such thing. Yeah. They govern their own populations very well. Look, the thing that concerns me, and, and I keep harping back to this because I can't get over it, all this killing. Now, you just gave me a figure of 16,000. So that explains the, what, a 10% shoot rate. So they're killing their 1,600 plus this year, plus joeys, and an unknown number of joeys at foot will die as well. All this is to bring the population density down to one kangaroo per hectare. And the directorate says at one kangaroo per hectare, this will preserve the grassy environment and we'll have wonderful marks. Correct. The They're under 0.5 per hectare at the moment. Exactly. And they are not paying any attention whatsoever to their own measure of population, des desired population density. If we could just share one example, there's a nature reserve called Farrah Ridge that's in the south of Canberra. Um, it's 143 hectares in size, I think, from memory. Last year, they decided to kill kangaroos at Farrah Ridge for the first time. They estimated that there were 409 kangaroos living on Farrah Ridge, and their culling calculator determined that 317 should be shot and that that would leave 101 kangaroos in the nature park, allowing for a population growth rate of 19%. Now, we searched Farrah Ridge for many, many hours. On, on multiple occasions. On multiple occasions after the shooting had taken place. Numerous local residents had searched the reserve for kangaroos and could find only tiny numbers left, nothing like 101. The highest number someone found was three. We went in and did our search for hours and hours and hours over several consecutive days. The most we could find was 32, a long way short of 101. Last month, 
Six months later, we went back and we did the same search again. We found only 28. So that was not in any way a kangaroo cull. That was a massacre. And this is not atypical. This is what's happening throughout the reserves that are experiencing the killing of kangaroos year in, year out. So the measure of one kangaroo per hectare is completely laughable if it wasn't so tragic. I spoke to a Christine Stevens, and she told me about an incident in 2016 at the kangaroo killing out at Isaac's Ridge. Now, she walked that park regularly. She knew so many of the kangaroos. Out of the blue, the shooter's trucks turned up. The department official said, get out or you'll be fined $7,000, and they shot. Christine went back and examined that park after the shoot. Her concern was not only couldn't she find kangaroos, but the wallaroos, the redneck wallabies, and the swamp wallabies that also lived on Isaac's Ridge also disappeared. Yeah, that's correct. And this is called an environmental cull. Environmental cull. Yeah. Yeah, conservation cull. Yeah. Conservation cull. That's ridiculous. Know, the, the, the wallaroos, which are, you know, uh, in reasonable populations in various parts of Australia, they're a, they're a beautiful, shy creature. They, they were in quite low numbers already. Since the culling, we have not been able to find any wallaroos, which are not targeted by the cull. We have not been able to find any wallaroos remaining in the culled parks. Now, they claim that they train the shooters to be able to distinguish uh, between eastern grey kangaroos and wallaroos. Now, you know what those animals are like. In the pitch darkness, using night vision scopes, a shooter cannot tell the difference between a wallaroo and an eastern grey kangaroo. John, this is Isaac's Ridge. Now, I got on Google Earth and went down to street level and I travelled the suburbs that back straight up to Isaac's Ridge. But what jumped out at me was within two kilometres of that nature reserve, there were 17 international embassies. Yes, this is in the middle of a city. How do they yeah. shoot? Do they use silences? Is it, do they sneak in under cover of darkness and blast yes. away and disappear? Or, or how is the shoot actually taking place? They use small, very small teams. They go in and, yeah, they use uh, night vision, heat-sensing heat equipment. Some people argue that they use silences, but residents often report they can hear the shooting going on. So it's quite ruthless. And what's more, the ACT government officials also behave in a very ruthless fashion. The parks are closed, of course, while the shooting is going on. Rangers guard the gates. Uh, we know people who've been going to the reserves for years and years and years to form a vigil and just try to keep a record of what's been going on there. They do hear the shots and they record the number of shots and therefore the numbers of deaths. So they, they supposedly uh, have veterinary 
checks done occasionally to see that things are being done in a humane, quote-unquote, fashion. But that's a very inconsistent process. No one, no one is there to independently validate what's going on as the bodies are piled into mass graves. The minister claims that this is a humane cull and actually said at the start of the cull this year on ABC television that Canberrans should be proud of having the most humane kangaroo culling jurisdiction in Australia. Well, I noticed the, the minister is very proud to state and the department is proud to state that it's scientifically based. Yet yeah. in April, a month before the announcement of this year's shooting, the minister did not know how many kangaroos there were in Canberra. Correct. And yet can confidently state that another... 1,650 kangaroos should be removed. Yes, they say they use the term removed. It's all very genteelly described wherever possible so that uh, Canberrans won't be offended by the cruelty. And when they're questioned about it, their response is a, a parroted kind of set of phrases which includes, oh, it's all about the science. But... Does science justify cruelty, even if the science was correct, which we strenuously argue and and many scientists argue that the science is not correct, but even if it was for argument's sake, how does science justify this blatant cruelty? It can't. Not, Not in the 21st century. And yet it goes on. It's going on night after night in Canberra suburbs, Many people not knowing about it. Opposition being silenced. Very little exposure to opposition in the mainstream media. They've cut off off most of the legal avenues for challenge. Yes. Um, so that it's it's very, very difficult for ordinary citizens to, to legally challenge this horrible slaughter. Politicians don't want to listen to it. We've spoken to quite a few of the members of the Legislative Assembly in the ACT. Not one of them will stand up and oppose the kangaroo killing. They all tacitly support it or even actually state that they support it. John, Jane, I read about an independent CSIRO report looking into the so-called science that is quoted by the ACT Conservation Department. The CSIRO said it it supports nothing. It's faulty science. Now, you guys have done an analysis of the science involved here. Look, in layman's terms, for me, because I'm basically stupid, and our listeners who are highly intelligent but don't know the issue, can you point out some of the faults in the so-called science that justifies the killing of these kangaroos? So the CSIRO, CSIRO report, that it was quite an extensive uh, scientific study of um, the grassland uh, that was supposedly uh, being overgrazed uh, and damaged by eastern grey kangaroos. Um, so they... They looked at um, a large number of uh, test plots. So you find these test plots all over the place in the nature reserves where organisations funded by the ACT government have put up little exclusion fencing around areas to see what happens 
when kangaroos and rabbits are excluded from, from an area of grassland. CSIRO looked at these with great care and came to the conclusion that there was no evidence to support the proposition that kangaroos were damaging the grasslands. Not only that, they found no evidence of kangaroos in a density greater than three per hectare, which the Environment Directorate has been claiming, hence the claim of overabundance. So the CSIRO researchers could not find kangaroos in such great numbers that the Directorate was claiming and ultimately concluded that there was no basis for killing kangaroos at Canberra Nature Park. This, this report by the CSIRO was concluded in 2014. It was actually funded by the ACT government. <laughs> Findings were perhaps suppressed and certainly so never acted ignored, upon. Yeah, they never, never talk about the report. They don't like the report being talked about, even though it is in the public domain. And what they did in 2014, because the CSIRO report didn't support their arguments, what I like to call their science assertions, they contracted a, uh, a company uh, from New Zealand that runs a business dealing with feral deer and other animals in New Zealand, so they're shooters. They they contracted this company to do a supposedly independent review. So this supposedly independent report that they commissioned was essentially a literature review. The guy from Christchurch, who, who's not an expert on kangaroos, he's not an ecologist, he visited Canberra for one day as a guest of the ACT government. There was a, an ecologist from Victoria who did a literature review of the department's own documents and concluded that the conservation cull was sound. And, of course, they loved that report. Even though it's completely inadequate, they use that report as justification for continuing the cull while ignoring the CSIRO report. Do we know who that Victorian uh, guy was that reviewed the info? Uh, I can find out. Please do, because I've probably crossed swords with him in the past and I would take him the task over that one, that's for sure. Yeah. Straightforward. You guys put, I jokingly said 4,000 kilometres. In reality, I think you stated it's about 1,200 kilometres you walk through the park, but it must have felt like 4,000. Honestly, I can't get my head around this issue because it didn't seem right to you. The science was flawed. Well, there is no science. It's gobbledygook that the department's quoting. So you went out and counted the animals. You found out how many kangaroos were actually there. That's after 13 years of shooting. They want one kangaroo per hectare. They've got 0.5 or less at the moment. Do you guys have any idea why? They feel this need to shoot these kangaroos. It's a really vexed question, Rob. Um, there's some of us who argue that it's about a big Canberra. So Canberra is ultimately going to end up being a million people, have a population of a million people. A lot of the, the nature reserve lands are contiguous with 
rural leases. So there's old farms that are still operating yep. around the ACT under a rural lease arrangement. A lot of the nature reserves are right next to them. So the kangaroos move backwards and forwards. Those rural leases are a land bank. So the future suburbs of Canberra are those rural leases, those old farms. And that's been the practice in Canberra's history. Um, when a new suburb needs to be built, one of the old farms is taken back under the control of the government and it's, it's subdivided as a suburb. Of course, the ecosystems are the same, more or less, whether they're rural lease or a nature reserve, they're still grasslands and still habitat for the supposedly endangered species. Uh, but nevertheless, they get, get carved up and put under concrete for people to live on. Now, some people argue that what lies beneath this is a, a belief that a significant population of eastern grey kangaroos is incompatible with a large population of humans. Now, that there's no, we don't have enough evidence to be able to prove that, but because the science appears to be such rubbish in relation to the reason, the stated reason for the coal, people cast around for, for proper explanations because government, government is so dogmatic about it and they're completely resistant to arguments about cruelty of coming up with other solutions. So there are other solutions. If, if we need to allow kangaroos to move around because at the moment they get trapped by new suburban development and new busy roads, then underpasses and overpasses can be built into the, the planning to allow these animals to move. But they, they're just completely resistant to these ideas. What I saw from Google Earth, I could see the encroachment of development right up to the edges of these reserves and it's creeping around, and there's no wildlife corridors. You know, a, a healthy population needs to expand, to develop, to spread out, and that's not being catered for. You, you've got a Greens-based government up there in the ACT. The Greens are supposed to stand for the environment, not destroying it. Yeah. Uh, One of the other important points there, Rob, is that they claim these ridiculous population growth numbers for eastern grey kangaroos. But, but that's not what's happening. What's happening is that the kangaroos were always there. What we've done is we've just trapped them and we've continually encroached on their native range so that they get squeezed into smaller and smaller spaces. It's not overpopulation. It's not overabundance. It's just human activity that's trapping them. Habitat removal. Yeah. yeah. And, and fortunately, there is some solution. The construction of overpasses or underpasses for wildlife and for humans too, as a matter of fact, uh, would be a partial solution to this continued human development in the ACT. Already, I, I'm getting this feeling from a number of people I've spoken to in the ACT that Canberrans love their kangaroos. They'd love to get up in the morning and sit out in the back deck with a, a coffee, watching a couple of kangaroos, having a munch on the lawn. 
it's that's a part of their lifestyle. It is. It's one of the lovely things about living and in how many cities in the world can that be done? Not too many, and there's fewer and fewer in Australia each year. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. right, look, this is a complex issue. Look, your paper that you published in May this year. So your information is the most current data available on kangaroos in the ACT. Well, When's the last time the government, the directorate, did a kangaroo census? I don't think they've ever really done They've one. never done one of the entire Canberra Nature Park. They only count in the, in the reserves where they plan to kill kangaroos. And currently that's 18 of the reserves, so nearly half of them. They're the only ones where they're interested in what the numbers might be. But even then, they're so inaccurate, it would seem to us, that they're not worth the paper they're written on. No, no, they're obviously made up. They're, they're just made up. And they're denying what's happening. Look, when Christine told me about what happened out there at Isaacs Ridge, and the loss of non-target species shows complete incompetence on behalf of the directorate. Absolutely, absolutely. Incompetence is a huge issue here. There's got to be a reason behind it. Now, most people would say, oh, look, I'm, I love kangaroos and I'm really sorry, but if they're damaging the environment, they do need to be controlled. Okay, let's look at that as a logical statement. To begin with, when someone makes a logical statement like that, they're trying to con you. Every time. It's a used car salesman technique. They're trying to con you. One, kangaroos don't overpopulate. They have a 72 73% natural mortality rate of all their young. In the eight years the female can breed, she's lucky to have one kangaroo joey survive her to replace her. So it's very difficult for kangaroos to increase population numbers. There needs to be a number of good years. They also need the habitat. Now, that's not happening. So what the directorate is saying is that perhaps Canberra kangaroos are completely different than every other eastern grey kangaroo in Australia because they have different breeding patterns, a different biological reproduction system. Would, and if they're inferring that, that, they're crazy. They are just crazy. I do sometimes wonder what planet we're on here, Rob. The bigger issue that worries me is the uncontrolled nature of the culling. Now, everybody tells me that they actually target females. Have you any evidence to support that? We do believe that they target females largely because of the numbers of joeys that are reported killed. So for every 1,000 adult kangaroos killed, there will be approximately one-third in pouch joeys also killed. And, as and then you know, there's the at-foot as well, Jane. The yeah. at-foot joeys are in addition to that. So we're talking thousands, thousands above the figure. Yes. No one's taking any responsibility for those animals. No, no, not at all. I might be really dumb, but here's something for our listeners to think about. They're shooting females. We understand that's one way of controlling a population. That's really simple to understand. You shoot the mothers, they can't have babies, so the numbers decrease. 
what a lot of people don't realize is that by shooting the dominant males, they are destroying the genetic fitness of the species. So what the directorate in Canberra is doing is destroying the genetic fitness of the eastern grey kangaroo in their own habitat, and that is disgraceful. Very afraid that that's what is happening. I think, though, what happens is that essentially the shooters shoot everything that moves. I mean, they, they're given a, a target number that they have to achieve. So <laughs> what kind of scientific basis does that, um, uh, puts that in place, that you get a bunch of shooting contractors and you say, okay, your target for this year is 1,650 kangaroos and, you know, we'd prefer you to do it this way and this way, off you go. Those contractors, they want to achieve those targets so they can continue their contract. So this is why anything, any kind of macropod that gets within their sites is in serious danger. And whether they're targeting females or males, I just think they're shooting every kangaroo they see, plus wallaroos. I haven't even touched on the report that I read some fantastic stuff by a naturalist that had been walking these reserves for 40 years, and her observation is in the parks, uh, in the reserves where they've shot kangaroos, there's an increase in herbage mass but a loss of dynamic biodiversity, sedges, yeah. lilies, etc. They need the grazing of a native herbivore to maintain the environment. Yes. Now, all this is being ignored. That's there, correct. There's, there's got to be big dollars in this somewhere for someone. Now, I'm not trying to come up with a plan, you know, uh, some conspiracy theory. Uh, my fear it is it's just a whole bunch of public servants trying to justify their own existence. You know, ecologists um, uh, are in a lot of cases hired guns. You know, they, they'll do what they're paid to do. And there's a long history with this organisation of construing arguments that support the political position, not necessarily vice versa. So... A lot, of the, a lot of the arguments have been uh, heavily criticised by other scientists, a lot of the arguments they use, and they just make stuff up. So one of, the, one of the things that they often say, and you've heard this repeated, I'm sure, is that, and this is, this is one of the scientists employed by the ACT government, says, you know, essentially kangaroos have never had it so good. So, you know, since European settlement, you know, we've created all these dams and we've created all these pastures and so the population of kangaroos has boomed. Now, that is not what this historical record says. What the historical record says is that kangaroos were present across the, the plains, the grassy plains that already existed here, in huge numbers at the time of European settlement. Now, the, the supposed scientists at the ACT Environment Directorate are using rubbish arguments like this. It's not science. It's just assertion. assertion. It's a narrative. They're selling a narrative, a good story that's believable by the masses. Yeah. That's correct. And we hear this parroted over and over again. 
uh, it completely ignoring the fact that when settlers created dams, uh, there was already a stream or a creek there, complete with a chain of ponds and billabongs that the kangaroos used to drink from. And there were already grassy plains. We didn't create the grassy plains. We just cut down a heap of trees to make more space for cattle and sheep. Yeah, I suspect there's less water available to kangaroos now than there ever was. Uh, that's another one of those lies. They breed like it's, rabbits. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all rubbish. Hey, that could be why in some of your nature reserves, they're three deep. They are breeding like rabbits. Mm. I tell you what, we've got a lot of rabbits. So in a lot of these areas where they, can, they claim kangaroos are damaging the pasture or the, the grasslands, yep. the rabbits are everywhere. And then once you can see the damage they're doing. Now, so that's a, a, a different type of herbivore grazing, uh, the rabbit compared to the kangaroo. Uh, the kangaroo um, crops the top off, cleans yep. up the grassland, adds yep. fertiliser. The rabbits yep. will go, take it down to bare earth. They do. Kangaroos have been made the scapegoats in this situation. They've been made the scapegoats for the situation confronting the threatened species when really it's human intervention and human activity that has brought all of this about. In fact, there should be, as, as you guys have identified, the directorate needs to immediately import just over 6,500 kangaroos, put them into the reserves so they get to their one kangaroo per hectare, link all the reserves with uh, wildlife corridors and control the expansion of new suburbs. And there would be no problem. Gee, I'm glad I spoke to you guys. The solution's easy. What we're asking for, as the rest of the Save Canvas Kangaroo Group is asking for, is for the ACT government to stop the kangaroo cull immediately and put in place a genuinely independent review of the entire program of kangaroo management. Thank you, Jane. You brought some sanity to the uh, to the <laughs> interview. No, it's just that I, I get to a stage where my head hurts after banging it up against the wall, and you yeah. guys have only reinforced everything that I've heard from everyone from Canberra. Yeah. As we've said, there's a lot of people who've been fighting this now for over 13 years. People are very distressed about what's happening to our kangaroos, very angry about what's happening. And one of the hardest things to deal with is the lack of response from our elected officials to actually listen and to do something about it. Well, let's see if we can do something to at least make them listen. But they are set in their ways. They're, they're completely ignoring all logical argument. John, Jane, your paper that you put out in May 2022, Eastern Grey Kangaroos in Canberra Nature Parks, Population Estimates and Culling History 2009-2022. Is that paper available online? Could listeners go to a site, click on it and read that paper? Uh, not as we speak. Um, however, we have started up an email and Facebook account so people can get in touch with us. If anyone would like a copy of the report, we'd be happy to email it to them. Our email address is canberrakangaroos 
at optusnet.com.au. Our Facebook page is Save Canberra's Kangaroos. Uh, you put forward such a logical argument and point out the fact that all of a sudden, although there are endangered and threatened species involved in these grasslands, and that's always important, every animal is important, every species is important, but we shouldn't make the kangaroos the scapegoat. Absolutely. Especially if they've got almost nothing to do with it. We saw a very poignant scene yesterday. Red Hill is being culled for the first time. It's a large nature reserve of about 290 hectares. We've been there many times and counted the kangaroos there. They're being shot at nearly every night at the moment. They've never been shot before, so they were very trusting kangaroos. We went there yesterday and we found a mob of about 30. The old grandpa kangaroo came out the front stood there closest to us, guarding his family, warning us off not to get too close. And the the dad kangaroo was further behind him, closer to the family, closer to the mob, just in case we ventured too close. The poignancy of that scene, I, I can't begin to describe. A month ago, those kangaroos would have just simply lifted their heads and watched as we walked by. They were free living and free of fear. And now they're traumatised night after night by this horrible killing. I think we'll leave the interview there. That contact information again, yeah, Facebook is easy. Save Canberra's Kangaroos. That's the Facebook page. And for an email contact, Canberra's Kangaroos at optusnet.com.au. Just ask for a copy of John and Jane's report and they'll email it out to you in a PDF form. John and Jane, thank you very much for all the work you've done. It's a simple question. How many kangaroos are there? At least we know now. Unfortunately, the Minister of Conservation in the ACT didn't know how many kangaroos there were. All right. That's another program done and dusted. Till next time, be safe. This is The Wildlife.